Good morning and welcome to Generation Z. These are a series of documentaries where I have been speaking to the teenagers of Sligo. We have spoken to people from all different areas in the town, different ages, uh, boys and girls, young men and young women, some starting out in their teenage life and some coming very close to the end, 19-year-olds. We asked them questions like where was their favourite place in Sligo to go and think? What makes them happy? Who inspires them? Who impresses them? What do they think of our local politicians? Does the future of the planet concern them? And how important is money? And a very surprising answer from many of them is, what role does social media play in their life? You may have expected that to be a negative answer, but many of them have answered positively to that question. Now, this morning, I have a very important guest. Her name is Inez Leonard, and she is from Tubbercurry in County Sligo. She is 18 years old, and shortly before her leaving cert, she was in a car accident, and she had some fairly severe damage to her lower leg, and since then has been dependent on walking aids. Um, she speaks quite candidly um, and very, very passionately about how difficult it is for people to get around who are disabled. And she certainly made me think. Um, hello, uh, my name is Inez Leonard. I'm 18 years old and I live in Tubbercurry. Well, good morning, Inez, and thank you very much indeed for joining us on this morning's uh, Generation Z as part of our series of documentaries. Um, and these are going out on the Up and Running Business Show. Okay, Inez, the first question that I asked everybody through this series is, where is your favourite place in Sligo to go and think? Mm, That would be a difficult one for me to answer because it depends. Um, Sometimes if I'm here in Tupacaria, I might go out to the forest walk. It's just lovely forest tracks you go around. I also quite like Strand Hill. Um, I don't really like Ross's point, but I do like to go to the beach sometimes, maybe in a scrum as well. So it sort of helps you relax standing on the beach. Yeah. Well, I kind of just go onto like the pier and the promenade and all that because I can't really get onto the beach, but I still like to just go and sit there sometimes. Now, here's the second question. Who is your favourite person at the moment? Don't have one. Well, you're the only person that has answered that question with that. You just don't have one particular favourite person. Nope. <laughs> We'll move on. Um, Who do you admire most in the world? Mm. Again, don't have anyone really. Not one person that stands out? No, kind of more like groups because I'm involved in a lot of volunteering and kind of activity, trying to push for change work. So So is there any... It varies. (laughs) Is there any particular group that you admire then that you think does really good work? Not really. Not well. Not in Ireland. There would be some kind of more overseas, but like there's some kind of more people that work more for disabled people and trying to make change. Wheels No Heels on YouTube is someone I really kind of look at, and her stuff is really helpful. Yes, I've actually uh, watched some of that myself. She's excellent. Um, okay, so I think um, the listeners will be very interested in the answer to this question because it's the beginning of Ines telling us her, her, her story. So what is the most unkind thing that has ever happened to you? Uh, well, the kind of the worst thing that's ever happened to me is I was hit by a car <laughs> crossing the road. So, 
Okay, so Inez was in an accident last March here in Tuppercurry. Okay, so tell us what happened. You woke up ordinarily in that morning. Woke up, headed out to school. Now I walked to school because it's only about 15 minutes from the house. Uh, got there. Traffic was a bit busy, but again, half eight in the morning. You, nothing would, you really wouldn't glance second thought at. Crossing that road has always been a black spot. And I've always said since the day I started there, something will happen to someone. So there was there was a bus unloading, so the traffic was backed up. Walked out, the traffic was backed up. I could listen, look, hear, couldn't see anything coming. Went to go out and then just out of the corner of my eye came there and I had no chance to do anything. Okay, so that was the accident and what part of you was most hurt? My left lower leg. Yeah, that was only injury was my left lower leg. That was it. And how long were you in hospital, Inez? I was kept for one night initially and then I was let go and then I was back. It happened on the Monday. I was let out on the Tuesday, Came, went home, was resting, tried to go to school, only managed two hours due to severe pain. Went back, went home trying to get swelling down and I couldn't do it so I had to go back into A&E on the Friday and I was kept until that following Monday. Okay, so... Your life has changed dramatically since that day. So just tell us a little bit of what the journey has been like for you since last March. Let's just say it's there's been a lot of ups, there's been a lot of downs. Um, just before it happened, I had put my application in for university. And obviously, I was still very interested in that. So I was like, we initially thought it would heal and I would have no further issues. So I kept going. I did my interviews for uni and then it re- we realised that that particular course I was going to do, it wouldn't have worked. So I unfortunately had to decline the offer I received and then decided to do a PLC in North Connacht College. And that's what I'm doing at the minute, about halfway through. And you're loving that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If anyone um, listening to this is anyone that's finishing their leaving cert, not sure what to do, any doubts, whatever. Even if you, even if you've someone who's set on doing a course, and even if you're set on doing something, do a PLC first. It eases you in, and it gives you that kind of TY part two. When I started, and when I got my first assignment, they guided you through. They really held your hand with feedback and everything. And I wouldn't have coped to college if I hadn't done that first. Without the guidance, without the support, I just would have ended up dropping out. Okay, well, there's very good advice there. Um, the next question, um, how does social media influence your life? Well, for me, from a personal standpoint, social media has been amazing, particularly since the accident and me just trying to adapt to everything. There's very few resources here in Ireland, particularly for people who have had an accident and as a result of that have have issues with their mobility etc so they were just amazing because it helped me figure out how to do stuff and it was just everything it was just the support I needed and then to see people going through the same thing just makes life so much easier and these are the points about so, uh, social media that, you know, I've really learned during these programs is how much your age group is use social media for, I mean, education, be it how to put on your makeup or what 
nice clothes or you have an interest. I mean, we had um, Heath on who was Djokovic, the tennis player, and he learned all about him on social media. You were talking about the wheels, no heels. I mean, that type of thing is brilliant for someone like you, isn't it? Absolutely. When we bought, we had to end up buying my wheelchair just so I was able to have some independence. And as I had nothing from the hospital or any input in like how to use a chair, how to get a chair. So I just went out and started watching her videos and she really breaks it down and kind of shows you the step by step of how to push yourself, how to show, how to tell people how to help you. It's all just, and then she goes and she's done like, she's done Disneyland, she's been to Australia, you know, and she just breaks it down and takes you on the journey with her. Like I've just come back from two weeks in Malaga on an Erasmus program and without those videos I would have been a lot more stressed traveling through the airport because she just showed me what to expect what you needed to do when you got there and all of that and it just makes life so much easier. I just want to remind you, the listeners, that I'm joined um, in Tubbercurry in County Sligo by Enes Leonard. Enes is 18 years old and she has taken part in the last of our programmes of the series on Generation Z. So the next question we have here is, what do you think of our current politicians? Any thoughts on them? Don't ask me anything about them because I'll go on a huge rant. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a feeling that the answer to this question is going to be negative rather than positive. Yes, um, there's been a lot of um, my real view of things is the politicians don't think Ireland exists when you're outside Dublin because I've like for me, for a lot of stuff, I've had to travel to Dublin. Why can't the services be brought to the west of Ireland? People exist here. There's no services for anything. Well, there are some, but they're not what they need to be. With the amount of people living here, it's just not there's not. There's nothing. So you're talking now here about services for someone who had an accident like you. Yes, services. So like physio, OT, everything like that. There's very limited here. Now, what we have, they are amazing. And I'm also going to briefly touch on um, adult mental health services. I, we know that CAMS is really in the news at, at the time of recording this. And I had to say my experience with adult mental health services was not the most positive. And again, I feel like that was more down to the service as opposed to a lot of other stuff. So if a politician was to be canvassing, which they will be again, we're going to have an election uh, probably in the next in the in the future anyway I'm not going to predict that so if a politician was to knock on your front door you would have plenty to say to him oh 100% like for me here just living in Tubbercurry there's very little services and very poor access for disabled people we make up a huge percentage of the population yes a lot of it is invisible disabilities but why can't we be able to leave our house and live a completely normal life why aren't the services there why isn't there enough parking why isn't parking because we have to have parking permits why isn't more enforced if you don't have a permit you get fined because so many people park and block the bays and then when i'm using my chair i'm stuck there's no parking etc and there's just so much more if they came to my door I'd probably tell them to F off and don't come near me because 
you're not you're all you're all chatter about doing stuff and then you never make anything happen so get lost okay well you're forewarned is forearmed for anyone who's knocking on Inez's door uh Inez what makes you happy uh well I have a dog and she's absolutely amazing and then I also really enjoy working towards making change happen so I'm part of Sligo Disabled Persons Organization and I'm also involved with Tubbacurry Community First Responders so there's really there trying to make change happen and better outcomes for people. I also really enjoy sports so I play wheelchair basketball in Sligo and I'm looking hopefully some I'll find somewhere that does horse riding for disabled people and I'll hopefully be able to get back in the saddle as I've done that for years before the accident happened and now it's really hard to find somewhere that's willing to work with me. Okay, well if there's anyone listening this morning who um, is providing um, horse riding for disabled people you can contact me at Claire at Ocean FM and I will pass that on to Inez because I do think over the last couple of years we have, we have spoken to people who offer that service. Inez, what's your favourite memory I'd have to say my recent trip to Malaga because it was the first trip I've done kind of on my own but I was in a group at the same time and it was just so amazing to just go somewhere I was there for two weeks on my own working just loved it it was just such an amazing trip Is there any one thing that you would like to achieve in your life? Uh, not one thing, but there would be several. Um, so I don't know if you want me to. Hey, absolutely, we're all dying to hear. Um, obviously, to make the world more accessible for disabled people, provide ramps, get rid of all the steps in places that don't, if steps don't need to be there, and you can put a ramp in, get a ramp in, get a lift in. Like, we need more, like, when I was in Malaga, there were drop curbs absolutely everywhere that had pedestrian crossings on them. It was amazing for getting round. Why can't we have that here? Will you just explain to me, in a, sorry, what's a dropped curb? A dropped curb is, we have, you'll see going all around the, how high the footpath is off the ground. A dropped curb is where that's been made to the same level as the road. So you don't have that massive little, you don't have that big step. The step's been made a little bit more of a ramp so you can cross the road without having to drop down onto the road. What a simple thing. So, okay, so just just to explain to the listeners and me, actually, if you didn't mind, if there's a big curb and you're in your wheelchair and you're trying to cross the road, what difficulty does that, how difficult does that make it for you? For me, in the current wheelchair I have, I can't do it. I can't cross the road. Um, For people that are in more lightweight chairs that have more experience, they might be able to take the front wheels so the small wheels of their chair off the ground and just go down the back wheels. But you're jumping down off a curb into the into the road. You've got oncoming cars. You're only four foot something tall. They won't see you. You know, so it's just... And then that's for manual chairs. If you're in a power chair, forget it. You just cannot get across the road. Can't do anything without there being a curb there for you to get down. Just something that we need to be aware of and think about more, isn't it, really? Inez, there is one big gripe you have about the the, the dropped curbs when there are dropped curbs. So the dropped curbs are when there's when it's at the same level as the road. It makes it easier for a wheelchair user to cross the road. Go on. 
Um, it's um, don't park in front of them because if you park in front of them, then even someone, even just a buggy, you can't. It makes it so much difficult. And if you see one one side of the road, you go to cross, and then you can't get up the other side. That means you're in. You have to go in the road until you can find another one. Just pure and utter thoughtlessness. And I suppose it's just asking all of us and all the people listening this morning to just just think for a little second about um, where you're leaving your car and how difficult you could be making it for someone in a wheelchair or, as you said, somebody with a buggy. Inez, the next question is, what frightens you? Is there anything that frightens you? Not really, because I've kind of I've kind of got to the point in my life where I just see take everything as it comes. If a challenge comes up to me, like what it what like what has happened, I'll just find a way around it and I'll deal with it. No, there's not much that really terrifies me anymore. Okay. Um, where would you like to see yourself in the next ten or twenty years? Um, for me, it's really up in the air, and there's a lot of for me. It's to see how I go. Um, the plan A that I was applying for just before the accident happened was to go and study paramedic science and become a paramedic. Um, I'm someone who doesn't like to sit still, so I don't like doing a desk or anything like that. So I'm someone who wants to be out there doing stuff. The plan, My plan now is, and I've applied for it now, is to study social care. Again, to go and just be someone who gets what gets what you're going through and you're not just going from the textbook it's my life it's coming from lived experience as opposed to the textbook so I just want to make a difference and be there for people and be what I had what I didn't have when I needed it most does the future of the planet concern you in ways it does and in ways it doesn't um Stuff that really can concern me is what we had last year, you know, the massive forest fires and just complete destruction of everything. Like, those people's lives, they're gone. Everything is gone. You know, you don't even know how, like, fortunately in Ireland we haven't experienced it, but we don't even know if those areas you can be lived in again. And they're going to keep happening. Like, we had it in May, over in mainland Europe last sum, last summer. We had it down in Australia and New Zealand. It's just, like, those kind of really severe events. And then the whole increase in the flooding and all that again. It's just, it destroys people's lives. And everyone, you put so much work into stuff and then everything's just gone in a split second. I think that... Uh I know sort of have an idea of what the answer to this question is but um, I'm going to ask it anyway Um, what are the biggest issues um, affecting your future? Uh, Lack of accessibility is the biggest issue that I'm dealing with and you know it's just that whole thing of people don't think you know it's just access is the real issue for me and that's just for me to be able to go and live my life normally slightly differently (laughs) okay Um, what worries you most about the future Uh, not really much I just kind of we'll see how it goes and if we can we can we'll find ways around everything and we can just deal with it deal with it as it comes don't stress about things too much that's a wonderful attitude to have is there anything in particular holding you back from achieving your dream accessibility is the big is and 
I know everyone listening is probably sick of me saying that word, but that is the way it is. And access is just like there's places here. Like I've been in um, ATU in Sligo. Accessibility in there, amazing. Why can't that be everywhere? Why can't we just go be able to get in the car, go somewhere, and not have to think? You know, there's just so much. Everyone, like I had an amazing experience when I was in Malika. Um, I had interior design students come up to me and they were designing a room that had split level and they were asking me, where will I put the ramp? Will I put the ramp well away from the stairs or will I put it beside the stairs? Why can't we have people that are designing roads, designing streets, designing buildings, come and talk to people that are disabled? You know, Come and talk to wheelchair users, come and talk to people using crutches, guide dogs. Just ask us, people visually impaired using a cane, just to say it. Hearing loss, everything. We need to be involved in these decisions in order for everywhere to work for everyone. How important is money to you? It's helpful, but you can get around things. And like growing up, we haven't always had, it hasn't, hasn't been there in the back pocket all the time but you find ways to do things and you save. You just learn to not not always want stuff really quickly. And it's just, I say to people, the best kind of upbringing is an upbringing when you have to watch, when you have to watch your finances because then you can't go and just make impulsive purchases and all that. You just, you just have to stop and think. It really prepares you for life. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? Mm. I think some people would describe me as um, uh, caring and friendly but I can also get pretty snappy um, especially if I'm somewhere and I have access issues or whatever it's just I can just I'm lovely but if you see me and but I can snap at people (laughs) well I haven't seen any evidence of that luckily today in his I'm just going to ask you a question that isn't part of this because I, I really want to know the answer to this. Before you had the accident, had you ever thought or were you conscious of how difficult things were for anyone in a wheelchair or someone who was disabled? Yes, because um, before I had the accident, I had something called hip impingement. Uh, I was lucky and it was act- it was picked up very quickly by my horse riding instructor at the time. So we did manage to get things dealt with, but after my surgeries and while I was waiting for surgery, because I was scheduled to have surgery March of 22, March of 20, and obviously COVID, that didn't happen until October 2020. So like that was a long time of being in pain and having the whole issue. And that was just one side. I have it, I have it in both sides. So then I had to go and have the other side done. So for me to be able to go out, like for me to go to the Dublin Horse Show in 2019, I had to use a wheelchair. So I was thinking about it then. And I also, my father is also visually impaired. So I was always kind of conscious. It was always there in the back of my head. But now it's become more in the front of my head. And I'm always thinking about it and trying to push for the change that needs to be made. I just think it's important to say, just say, for example... We're actually here in Cawley's Hotel in Tuppercurry on the main street of Tuppercurry. And the reason we're here is because I thought it would be easier for me to come out to Tuppercurry to meet Ine's 
um, then for her to come into Sligo because she'd have to get the bus and then she'd have to get from the bus to wherever we would plan to meet. But say, for example, on a normal Saturday when you have a number of chores you want to do in town, you obviously have to put some time into thinking of how you would get in and how would you get your jobs done as such. Yeah, you have to plan. You can't go and just do stuff. You have to plan everything. So, like, for me, on the morning just before we, I came and recorded this, I went into t- I came into town because I had to just renew my gym membership. Very simple job that most people probably wouldn't think twice about. But I had to go off for... Before I even left the house, I had to think, have I the right supports on? Um, Have I got the... R- how much pain am I in? What mobility aid do I need? Can I go out by myself or do I need to have someone with me? And then how far is it? How far is it to the gym? How far is it back? That's And that's stuff that people just don't... You don't think twice about. And you will be delighted to hear what this is the final question, Inez. Are you happy? Yeah. I am happy. Um, it's just I'm starting to be dealt amazing opportunities. And I've got my life. I'm living my life now. It's Nothing's going to stop me. I'm finding a way. And if there's issues, I'm not being quiet about them. I'm speaking up about them. Like, why hide things? Like, this is something that I want to let everyone know about because it's one of the biggest things that can really be an issue for people with disabilities. If you're ever in a disabled toilet... The cord needs to be all the way to the ground. Most places tie it up. If that's needed, if someone needs you, they can't call for you because they can't reach you. They can't reach the cord. So for any businesses, anyone working anywhere, please always make sure that that cord is on the ground. Well, Inez, it's been a pleasure to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much indeed. You've certainly given us things to think about and I wish you the very best in the future and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, and thank you, Claire, for uh, getting back to me when I reached out. It, I just saw it come up on my on Facebook and I was like, this is an amazing opportunity. Why hide everything? Why not speak out? The only way I think change is going to happen is if people like myself come on these shows and speak out. I want to particularly thank Inez this morning for being so honest and open with us and sharing her story. That's all we have time for on Generation Z this week. We will be back with you next week with another in-depth interview. Um, And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening.